Ladies and gentlemen, around the world, this is Gavina T.K. Kirkland. You're listening to the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, this is the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. I, I deal with everybody who walks the life. And this brother, his name Donnell in Buffalo, great sure. associate. You think he's my friend. <laughs> but <laughs> but we're on our way to be great friends. And I met this brother years ago. He promoted, he promoted a comedy show here in Buffalo. That's where I met this weekend. And the shows was great. You know, if people know me, you know, I don't watch comedians perform. I always stand outside, stay away, throw that way. I don't hear that material. So after the show, we're all outside. We're going out, I think, with it. This woman is walking down the street, but she's loud. And anybody knows me, know I don't like a man or woman that's loud. I said, yo, who fucking woman is this? He raising his hand proud. Hey, T, that's my girl. I said, nigga, you got to get rid of this bitch. <laughs> he didn't listen to me. He stayed with, I think she hit you in the head with a pipe or something. They had a big fight <laughs> nah, nah. or years later. What the fuck happened with that argument? What happened? There was something that went down big. Oh, uh, man, everything was messed up, man. You know, It was messed I up, yeah. So let me just use that example. Yeah, go ahead. But go ahead. I'm listening. I'm with the world in the head because I'm going to show I'm going to praise <laughs> you. Go ahead. Basically, I mean, to make a long story short, I should have left when TK told me to leave her. I should have paid attention to what he said, and I stayed longer, and the situation got worse, you know. Um, she cheated, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it was just a lot of stuff that occurred that was unnecessary when I should have left her. Yes, sir. And then you almost have a fight with her son? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her son, uh, yeah, her son actually, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I'm no. saying it. Yeah, let me tell you something. I don't remember a lot of shit. Listen, no, I don't remember a lot of shit. Normally, I don't be. Normally, I don't really give a fuck about what a lot of people say because <laughs> I hear you so remember, much. You remember that good? You, you bought some. No, I can't believe I remember this. That's wild. But you so know, the reason why, I got, yeah, yeah. Damn, sorry. It's so that you, you care, you know. Yeah, you care. I'm just giving you a hard time because. <laughs> You lack a lot of discipline in the way you move through life. And that's why I fuck with you, and that's why I'm hard on you, because you're going to learn from me. Even though I see your yeah. ass once every two years, Yeah, yeah. I make sure you understand the code of a man and fucking with a man. That's all. That's all I do. And that's now when I do. tell you no. When I tell you no, I'm not meaning no disrespect. I'm showing you the game of life, how you roll with certain people. And yeah. and. Your generation under, most people feel entitled. People feel comfortable asking for shit. Mm-hmm. And that's not the way you move in life. You, you, you all, when you have friends, remember what I'm about to tell you. Think yeah. of you and your significant other. Everybody else, dog, you can't, you can't put your friendship on the line for other people. True. Never do that. That's like me meeting you. And I said, yo, take care of my, my people and shit. Now, that's after me and you truly, truly solid. I know how you move, et cetera, et cetera, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just had to get you on the interview today because now you, it seems like, it seems like, because I don't know her either, you seem like you got a nice young lady in your life. Yeah. I, I thought her interview was amazing. Um, 
you know, we spoke for a minute, but then I get away from niggas' girls. I don't like being around niggas' girls. And I, I just went and sat, sat down. The ladies, we, ladies and gentlemen, um, we, after my comment show that thing, he, we, I'm following him. And what people don't understand is when you follow someone, you can't drive fast. Especially <laughs> when niggas don't know where he's going. So he I got him on the phone. I said, guess what that? I stopped at every light. And he's like, see, you old man, come on. I said, nah, nigga, I'm grown. I can't He's like, I'm the president of the Homeowners Association. <laughs> yeah, I'm president of the Homeowners. I can't lose my title. <laughs> oh, man. So we went to this hood spot, ladies and gentlemen, called the Golden Nugget, and I'm going to tell you this. I had the best time of my life. Oh, that's And the reason man. I had the best time of my life, because see, there's certain things, you know, even though I'm successful, there's certain things people don't know that I like. I like going to a spot because for some reason I like going to hood spots because something about the Long Island iced tea tastes fucking delicious. I don't know if they put extra lemon in that motherfucker or some plastic cups, right? Or they get their lemons from a cheap store. But nigga, that shit be sipping and you sip, it tastes so motherfucking good. And then they had catfish. Yeah, yeah. Nigga. Oh, yeah. And it was steaming. Yeah, yeah. When he bought it to me, it wasn't cold. Oh no, no. They, yeah, they gave it look was out. steaming. Look out. And what did I do? Like an OG, I sat in the back from the crowd, from everybody, and sat down like an OG and had my motherfucker fish with my legs crossed, sipping <laughs> on my Long Island iced tea, biggie. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> And I said, I, I, and I knew you probably didn't know if I had a good time or not, but nigga, I don't have to be in the mix with people. I don't yeah. have to be close to the stage. Mm-hmm. And see, so by the fans was there. They was tripping. They said, yo, nigga, you a real one, nigga. I see you laying in the cut. Yeah. I was just chilling <laughs> like a regular nigga. Yeah, yeah, for real. You were chilling. You were chilling. I came back, checked on you. Like, I'm good. I'm chilling. <laughs> and then, and then I knew, we were gone. I you was gone. You said, I'm in the hotel room. I said, damn. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the room. I just, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was out, laying in the bed, chilling, watching you know the sports you, center. <laughs> you know what was the funniest thing last night is uh, when we rolled there, you said, uh, they don't have valet parking? I said, TK, we had to put on the hood, man. <laughs> we had the hood, hood spot. <laughs> nigga, I'm ballet. I'm a ballet nigga, dog. I'd have parked my shit on the on the sidewalk right next to the building. I know that's right. You know, that's how I came. <laughs> you know, I come up in the hood too, and when you went to those kind of spots, yeah. you could park your car right on the corner for $100. <laughs> and there's <it's> always, <laughs> right. always a nigga out there that wash your car when you come out. You give him fifty dollars and your shit looks like it came off the showroom floor. Exactly. exactly. That's what I was thinking. You know, yeah. they were doing it like that over there. You know. <laughs> and, you, and you think about it, fam. You, if you find somebody in Buffalo mm-hmm. and you get them kind of events, send somebody down there in the summer. Yeah. To wash cars. No, that's actually a good idea. You ain't lying. My yeah. niggas, my niggas in there enjoying themselves. I'm telling you, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can have a four-man team out there, charge $50, $50 a car. Mm-hmm. You get a piece, they get a piece. Oh, homie, that's a lick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they come out. That's exactly. I'm always thinking of money, dog. I'm always thinking of money. Know. When I pull up, I'm know. looking like, yo, they could be doing this, they could be doing that. And yeah. they need two bars in there. 
See, they, do, well, they do. See, they losing money. No, no, they do. They do. You didn't go to the. Uh, you were in the back okay. area. Like, yeah, you didn't go mm-hmm. to the front area. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you. I know my girl said that she was like TK was like, yeah, I want to go in there where all the people at. <laughs> but it's a whole nother bar that's a little smaller. Yeah, when I go to something like that, I want to be with the people. I know that's right. I ain't trying to be off to my motherfucking self. Yeah, I'm by myself yeah. all the time. But when I come out, I'm gonna be amongst the people, though. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, I sure do. And, and you know what I'm saying? You said you, you know, that's you haven't been out in a while, so it was just good that you enjoyed yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. So now, what motivates you doing stand up? Because you're a hardworking man, and, and and the reason why I'm talking to you, well, to the other young comedians who are listening who don't work. Let me repeat this, who don't work. See, what I mm-hmm. like about you, Dean, we're going to have you on this interview. Mm-hmm. You do something I've always projected to men in the world. There's some men at your age and some men who don't want to work. Okay. Who want to live with a woman and take advantage of her, right? You're right. Because they sell this woman this dream. Oh, I'm yeah. going to be this famous comedian. I'm going to be that. Now, you could say that in your 20s, right? Exactly. You got your whole life ahead of you. Mm-hmm. So when you start having kids, so owning a nice car, which you have a nice car. You got an apartment or a home, which you have a beautiful home. That means you yeah. have responsibilities. The other yeah, responsibility is once you start dicking a woman down, you have to be accountable as a man. Yes. You can't take advantage of a woman, take advantage using her car, driving everywhere to do comedy shows. To, uh, to only come home with twenty, thirty dollars, lying to her, and because mm. she don't know the business, she yeah. thinking you really about to be motherfucker famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my grind. You feel me? <laughs> yeah, right. But you work a legitimate job. You make a lot of money. You're good at what you do. And yeah. how do you balance the two? Because I want to inspire comics who don't see. Because I don't want men who are in entertainment to be broke when they get old. Yes. Because they believe in a dream that didn't come true, but you can still, that comedy, music, Mm -hmm. can still be your passion. Yes, yes. But you're a man first. You got to make sure you protect you as a man first. So how do you balance it out? Um, I mean, to be honest, and I do the whole breakdown, I wanted to do comedy since I was ATK. Just uh, I used mm-hmm. to go to my dad's house and watch Def Comedy Jam, and then I'm like, I want to do that. You know, I seen Martin, I seen George, mm-hmm. I said, I want to do that. So my mother, she discouraged me. She said, Get your education. Comedians, they don't make no money. And back then, comedians really wasn't. Oh yeah, no. You no. know, so fast fast forward, um, 32. That's when I did my first open mic, and I'm doing. I opened up for Charlie Murphy. That was the first show that I did. And Charlie Murphy, he told me, said. He said, if you're taking it serious, he said, you move to New York City and you work those comedy rooms down there. He said, there's 15 comedy clubs you can work down there. And if you're serious, you're going to do that every day. So I'm working at for the government. I work at the, the VA. I said, I got a good job now. I can't just pick up and go at 32 and just do that full time. Now, I could have, but I, I just I just, I didn't take that leap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I stayed on my stable ground. But what happened is, I started producing comedy shows. I said, if I'm not mm-hmm. going to take it full time, I could, the money that I'm making from this job, 
the people I grew up and I seen, the comics that I love, I can bring them to me. So that's how right. I bought, you know, I bought you, I bought Joe Torrey, I bought Rip Michaels, I bought uh, Smokey Suarez, I bought Thea Vidal, you know, and that's living my dream, CK, like, just yes. being around y'all and, and vibing and actually talking to y'all, learning about the industry, like, just hearing somebody talk about, oh, yeah, Eddie Murphy's my brother, him and Dave Chappelle used to go into the comedy club, hearing you say, I came up under Robert Harris, like, that's a dream to me, having those conversations, mm -hmm. so... I mean, I'm able to work my job, take care of my house, and, you know, do comedy at the same time. I just, I don't have any regrets with it at all. You know, I'm doing what I love. So right. that's how I balance, you know, where I can I can go to an open mic when I have time. You know what I'm saying? I work, I wake up at mm -hmm. 4 o'clock in the morning, walk my dogs, be to work at 6. <laughs> so I got a normal schedule. Right, but, right. You know, if I'm on a show, I'm taking the time to sit down and write my material you know, I might go mm -hmm. over it with some friends or go to an open mic to make sure it's solid, and then I'm doing that show. You know, so I, I'm preparing a month in advance for maybe 10, 15 minutes on stage. Or if I have a headline, right. spot, I'm preparing my ass off. So, yeah. But at the same time. You said the magic yeah. word, prepare. Yeah, man. Prepare, fam. A lot of people don't prepare. I read a lot. That's my yeah. preparation. I don't write jokes, as you can tell. Yeah, yeah. I go on stage, and I just talk from the gut. And that that's should true. be fire every time. For real, man. It should you, be fire you, every time. You'll bet, man. You, like you told us last night, my man, I was talking to him earlier. He said, one thing TK said to me that, that got me, he said, when I get on that stage, I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> he said, it "Yeah, I out, never know my mother." Yeah, mm -hmm. he, he bought. The, we were talking earlier. He said, "He he said he'll know what he's gonna say." And then he just it's different material every time. Hour and a half, hour and a half, different material. And it's just you don't repeat yourself. I I bought a joke back to you last night that you said about the uh the six girls carrying the casket, and you forgot you right. said it. And that's a fire that's ass joke. It is. That's a fire-ass joke. And I ch I thought about it for a good 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. I couldn't think of it, yo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think yeah. of that joke. I couldn't. Yeah. Basically, you said you never see six uh, six women carrying the casket of another bitch. <laughs> Pretty much. Right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> but see, but that, but see I, what I was trying to think of... Mm -hmm. What was the setup before that? How did I get to that? Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah that punchline is funny. But what yeah. was the setup? And that's what I couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. That's mm -hmm. cool though. You know, it, it don't matter. You know, yeah. like I, I, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in the gym and yeah, I'm in the gym and I was working out and mm -hmm. I said, Let me call him. I want him to go on stage again tonight. You know, that's what I do. I want you to go on stage again tonight. And um, keep your comedy eye too high. What does your um, what kind of material does your boy do that we met? Uh, Richie. Did you introduce me to that thing? Yeah. Um, no, no, Richie, as far as his material, you talk about his kids. You know, you talk about his personal life. You know, just what he experienced um, being a single father. And uh, you know his direct experiences. So uh, he worked. Give him five minutes. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah, tell him he'll go up first, then you'll go, then we'll put your boy that you went to school with third, mm-hmm. and then I'll go. I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a real good mood of that. I see, I see. Yeah, no, man, I don't give a fuck. I'll do a show by myself. No, 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 no. What, um, how long? I just, I just had a huge meeting on the phone with Live Nation. They, they, they behind me fucking 2,000%. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah, I got some shit jumping, yo. And uh, I got the, um, I got a huge deal with the NFL. They'll be promoting that. They started promoting that, promoting that yesterday. So I got some shit with the NFL that's getting ready to drop. So I'm just in a good mood. I just want everybody to, you know, to come down and um, have some fun. Tell your boy to um, hit the DM real quick and tell him he got some people that um, that he's going to be performing tonight, and you too. And I just okay. want y'all to, I just want y'all to have fun. And um, okay. the show's at seven o'clock. Yes, sir. And make sure you get, yeah, make sure you get through yeah. But yeah, use on my mind, and I like how you balance this out, yo. Yeah. Now, one thing, when we do the show tonight, I'm calling dibs on running the lights. Oh, okay. You can't talk okay. about it. I'm talking about it. Oh. So just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm talking crazy. about it. No, because it's mm-hmm. inside of me. I'm, I'm thinking you talk about running the light, like when you're on stage, you see the light. That's what I thought you were talking about originally. Then I'm forgetting that you right. got the every damn light last night. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about that on stage tonight. That's shit gonna be funny as hell. But you know what, TK? Now, what's dope uh-huh. is I, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm so glad that you had the opportunity to see that church. You know what I'm saying? Where they yo, the you just read you my died. mind. Yeah, I was just getting ready to say out of all two things now, golden nugget was good. Yeah. But to tell me about the last stop of Harriet Tubman in the Underground Railroad made me just feel amazing. Yeah, man. And, maybe, and what was the area where they used to lynch people, Washington Square? Yeah, yeah, right in the square over there. Um, the slaves that they caught didn't have their freedom papers. They would lynch them in front of everybody. Um, and that was for a couple blocks over from where that church was. So, literally. And what's the name of the church? Uh, that's the Michigan Street Baptist Church. Michigan Street Baptist Church. Yeah. And it was the last stop before Harriet Tubman and, and um got the slaves to Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Canada, Canada, not Connecticut. No, 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 Canada. Yeah, they uh, okay, Canada. We're right. A- Right. right across from Fort Erie, Canada. So they would literally have to go across the water. And, you know, that's how they would make it to Canada. So a lot of people died and froze to death. So so people look. Now, this is some deep water, correct? Man, it ain't no joke. I mean, even back then, they said it was like, you know, at least 10 feet. You know what I'm saying? So it was a little more shallow back then. But now... And it has those whirlpools that'll sweep you under. You know what I'm saying? So, right, undercurrent. That's how my dad died. Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Damn. Yeah, my dad um, was swimming in Staten Island in the beach, and yeah. the undercurrent took him out. Mm-hmm. Damn, right on the beach. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was, I was 14. He was 35 yeah. years old. Wow. I was young. Damn, man. Yeah, so I'm just, so they didn't have no boat, no raft whatsoever to get to Canada. 
No, man, they were swimming on foot, man, kids, parents swimming with their kids, trying to make it across. And, um, you know, they tell you the stories of people. Yeah, man. And I want to say it's probably a good, damn, how long would that be? Like, I would say a good 300, 400 meters to make it all the way across there. So, you know, it's it's not no short little swim, you know. Okay, okay. So it's not longer than a mile, though. Like um, maybe like a I quarter say, mile. Yeah, I say more like a quarter mile. Yeah, if I if yeah, I because four hundred meters at, is like a quarter mile. Yeah, yeah. So that's a long way if the water's deep. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. And especially and, and especially depending on the time of year you went, because if you went and back in them days it was super cold compared to now. Yeah. Whew. It's, it's just, you know, it just shows the struggle that we went through, man. And just it's, Yeah, I felt amazing when you told me that. When I, it, it was Michigan State Baptist Church, uh, Michigan and when Street I went to the Baptist Golden Nugget, or Michigan yeah. Street Baptist Church, Michigan Street Baptist Church. So when I sat mm-hmm. in the Golden Nugget, and I was sitting back, eating my fish, and I appreciate you checking on me and having my long and nice tea. See, mm-hmm. I relived my whole life. Wow. Sitting back there. See, I sat back there and I watched the women who was fine 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I watched the women who thought they was cute now, but <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. I watched the men who probably was the shit when they was younger, but just really just making it and just happy. Yeah. I saw the security guards who probably was excellent football players back in the day, basketball players. But because of crazy decisions, the security guard that it's all the nugget. Yeah. These things are all going through my mind now. Damn. And it made me appreciate my life. Yeah. Yeah. It made me appreciate everything I have gone through mm-hmm. to be the man I am today. Yeah. See, because everybody in there, their choices led them to be where they are at that moment yesterday. You're in line. You're in line. Just like when I think of Puff, and I tell people about Puffy, and I say, listen, I've had my own issues with Puffy's in the 90s based yeah. on something that I did was wrong. Mm-hmm. And to see everybody coming at him now that he has this issue, because like yeah. I said, and I'm posting it tomorrow, people want to see you fail. So the higher you go, fam... Mm-hmm. They can't wait for you to fall the fuck off. That's why when you get there, you've got to be doing everything right in life. Yeah. You've got to yeah. have a squeaky clean life to be successful. You can't yeah. take no chances and choices. you got to, and, and, um, a man named David Klingman taught mm-hmm. me something 20, 30 years ago when I used to get in trouble. Okay. He said, TK, you're not afraid of nothing. Mm-hmm. So what do you mean? He said, you got to be afraid. Mm. He said, because you're afraid, you'll, be, you'll move more carefully. Okay. I'm afraid, yeah. dog. That's why when things come at me, when, when, when little obstacles come in my life that might hit the social media, mm-hmm. I'll turn mm-hmm. the cheek the other way. Sometimes I got to look like a punk. Sometimes I got to walk away. Yeah. But yeah. I get it done because I'm afraid. See, because I've been. See, a lot of niggas, when they fight, they've probably never been in front of a judge. 
Right. See, but once you've got a criminal history, once you have been been a felon a couple times and the cops yeah. run you and you catch yeah. Casey, they, it, let's say the case you have today is just a small case. You have five, mm-hmm. a little small battery. But yeah. because of your past, they come up. they're going to hang you. Yeah, they come up. Because of your past. They, they don't give a fuck about yeah. the little shit you did today. You know, with, they're going to bring up 20, 30 years ago. Even though you should say, wow, hey, hey, wait a minute. I'm not like mm-hmm. that no more. I've changed. Yeah. They yeah. don't give a fuck. And they that's why care. you can't put yourself in bad situations, especially when you're African-American. They Same bring it up. Care. Your past, dog. You're and I seen the judge set one of my boys up once. Hmm. When he went to the federal court. He was, my boy was crying and shit. And yeah. um, the judge said, so, sir, you have anything for you, say for yourself? And my boy was like, your honor, I'm not that kind of person. I'm mm-hmm. sitting in the back. And the more he kept talking, I wanted to scream like, yo, he's setting you up. I saw it coming. <laughs> I'm like, he's setting you up. Don't say no fucking more. He's setting you up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And the judge brought up his past. Damn. He said, so if you're not this person, sir, so what, who was you in 1993? Who yeah. was you in 1997? Who were wow. you in 2003? Who were you in 2008, 2015? <laughs> now, I told my boy, I said, Nick, if you just broke down the years yourself, but you're on this particular year, I, I was fucked up because of this. And you diffused his, uh, but you don't know what a person's going to think. But if you could, do, if you just said I've been fucked up my whole life based on X, Y, and Z decisions, yeah, you take the power away from a person talking bad about you. Why do I bring that up? When I'm on stage and I did bad things, I know somebody in that show has hated. I talk mm-hmm. about me. I talk about me. Yeah. Now, if a nigga has said something to his girl about me or another nigga, I I just made that nigga look bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, true. You bring, you bring it up yourself. Yeah, I know it's a bitch-ass nigga in here and said something to his girl to another nigga to try to make me look bad. Yeah, now said that, that nigga look bad. Yeah. yeah, now that nigga look like a bitch because he's like, oh, nigga, he talking about you. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. by that time, I got niggas in the palm of my hand because the shit I say is so authentic, you can't get around it. That's true, that's true. That's mm-hmm. true, you, you so talking real, real stuff on there, man. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like you said, another man shouldn't even talk about another man. That's just like a, a, a female characteristic to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you sure you is. Know, yeah, you don't gossip about other dudes. If I'm talking to my boys, like, we talking about development, growth, you know. We don't do that gossip. Right. Stuff, yeah, the world has truly changed. I've seen it. You got men going on social media, just downing another nigga, just downing him. Even though you work with the nigga, even though you was rolling with the nigga, even as a man, like I said, I got, my, I had my own problems with Puff. Yeah, yeah. I still ain't gonna throw that nigga under the bus. No, no, that's not. I'm not built that way. Mm. I'm not doing it. I remember when I got in trouble, and I'm gonna let you go years ago. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, in the situation with Puff. Okay. And I was in Atlanta. I was at this party. And mm-hmm. everybody knew about the situation. 
And this guy, to this day, I still remember him to this day when he said, when I was at the party, it was packed. Everybody knew my situation. And this one guy, the first thing he said was, and, and, and he asked me this question, and he ain't talking mm. about it no more. It was Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, Jack. Wow. Jack said, you okay? Mm. I said, yeah, my man. He said, all right. That's all he said. He asked me, was I okay? Mm. And I remember that, yo. He asked me, was I okay? And never brought it up no effing more. And that's yeah. why I want people who listen to this podcast today, when you hear this, never wish bad on someone else. Always say, I wish that person the best he fucked up. I'm sorry that he made those type of decisions because you had yeah. such a beautiful journey. But wish that person the best, unless you have a personal vendetta like 50 Cent. Fifty mm -hmm. got a personal vendetta <laughs> against this nigga. So yeah, let fifty do what he do. But here, yeah. here listen to what I'm about to tell you and it's and it's gonna I'm documenting this right now. Yeah. Within fifth five years, these mm. tables are gonna turn on fifty. I don't know yeah. what it's gonna be. Mm. But these tables shall turn. And I and I will wish fifty the best too, because what people forget is things can happen to you. It don't That's have to be sexual assault. It could be a car accident. It could be death. Yeah. It could be yeah, something so know. personal that it'll hurt you. This, this is real shit. I've been on this planet long enough. I've seen it. It's best to shut the fuck up, take care of home, <laughs> stay at peace and quiet, stay the fuck out the way, get your bread, enjoy mm -hmm. yourself. Stay low-key and flex occasionally. <laughs> That's my favorite line you told me, man. <laughs> that, I love that, man. Stay low-key and flex occasionally. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. Yeah. yeah. Truth, Stay low-key and flex occasionally. Yeah. yeah. You get three, you four really times a year to flex. Man. That you, what are you going to say, though? Like, that, like you said, okay, we, we see each other or talk, you know, every two or three years, but your effect just through social media alone and, you know, the podcast that you do, you know, whether you on Drink Chance, whether you on The Breakfast Club, what, what, wherever you are, you're not talking foolish stuff. You're spreading knowledge to people. Like a lot of interviews right. you see, they talking nonsense. You, you get a little laugh and stuff, but you giving people game. You know what I'm saying? How many people going to teach you? to get a life insurance policy to, to spread wealth to your next generation. You know what I'm saying? How many right. people are going to tell you before you have sex with a woman, make sure you have $25,000 in your, in your bank account? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because if you get her pregnant. Or about annuities got, now. You know, upgraded to annuities now. Thank you. Thank you. It, that's what you said last night. If you invested right. $10,000 over 20 years, that will be half a million dollars. Exactly. You know? These are facts. spreading that knowledge? Yeah, ain't nobody spreading that, fam. Ain't nobody oh, yeah. spreading that. You know, if, if if whoever listening to the podcast, you know, look TK up on social media, his Instagram. Damn dog and his squeaky toy. His Instagram and TikTok, and you'll learn a lot, you know, because he spread yeah. knowledge. Instead of looking at other foolish stuff you might look at, T TK has lived it, and he's just spreading what he knows, you know. I, that's all I got to yeah, say. Yeah, and I can't believe motherfuckers be arguing with me. I don't know what I'm talking about. This should be hilarious because oh, wow. before I say anything, I've either lived it 
or I Googled it once I heard about it just to make it make sure I'm legit before I say something on my shows or my podcasts or my interviews. And the, like yeah. I said, the one that stands out in my head right now is about sugar. And I've had people arguing with me about sugar. Like, nigga, I've been taking sugar my whole fucking life. Ain't nothing happened to me. And yeah. that doesn't mean sugar will. And it doesn't mean something will happen to you. You might get a pass. But mm-hmm. sugar is one of the most dangerous things you could put in your body. And this is the shit that people don't understand. Sugar in old people is dementia. A sugar in the brain. Yeah. Sugar, when you get Alzheimer's, is sugar. When a child has ADHD, that's sugar. Mm. These are facts. Yeah, yeah. People eat eggs and bacon every morning, not knowing that it rises your insulin. Wow. True story, dog. When you go to a restaurant and they give you bread, they're mm-hmm. giving you bread to make sure your insulin goes up because it, 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 it pushes you, it's supposed to crave you more to eat, to spend more money. People don't know that. Yeah. That's why bread is free. That's why they always give you bread. You ever sat and wonder, why the fuck they give us bread? All the time. That's what they're doing. The, it. the yeah. bread is the push. It's, I forgot the, the chemical in your body, serenitin or something like that. It pushes you to, like a sugar, it pushes you to want to eat more. Oh, okay, okay, okay. See, yeah, I, I always crazy, thought it had yeah. the opposite effect where it kind of fills you up, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, said, I used yeah. to say the same thing, too. I don't even eat appetizers because I'm like, who the fuck came up with that? Because all you're doing mm-hmm. is blocking the food you really want to have. You can't enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I'm starving. I don't want no fucking appetizers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, the appetizers are gonna yeah. fuck this shit up. Nah, keep them appetizers. Let me eat a good motherfucking meal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pull your boy. Tell him to be there on time. I'll let the club know um, that you okay. guys are coming through. Y'all have fun, and yeah. I'll see you at seven, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, this is the TK Kirkman podcast. All right, listen, listen. On vacation after this one, ladies and gentlemen. And so I come back to work. Let me tell you exactly. I'm going to be in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, um, December 22nd and 23rd. All right. Mm-hmm. Address is 9445 Airline Highway, Baton Rouge. Phone number is area code 832-921-7288. But what's funny, I don't see mm-hmm. the name of the club I'm going to be at up in here. So I know there's another flyer somewhere. That I got, but all right, hold on. Here we go. Oh no, that's something totally different. That's one thing I could say. I might ask, stay working. Yeah, yeah. Now nah, you, you you stay busy, man, and you a hustler. You adapt to the uh, to what's going on. Like I compare you to like Buster Rhymes in the rap industry. Like Buster went from years <laughs> at a new school. And he he said that he said you gotta adapt to the times. You know what I'm saying? You can't be staying right. in the eighties and the nineties. I, I gotta adapt, and that's that's what you do on the comedy side. Mm-hmm. Of this. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's just a good thing, family, and um, I'm glad it's in my DNA. Yeah. 
Yeah, everybody ain't built like that. Like you said last night, and that that really made me think. You sitting there and you looking all at all these people, and you probably thinking like, damn, that could have been me. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? if I didn't take this, thing, right. if I didn't do that. I could have been working at Walgreens right now and at the club. Right. I could be a security guy walking Bobby Valentino in. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever get to uh, meet him, like chill with him? I was going to say something to him, and I saw they was rushing him in, and he's so fucking tiny, I didn't want to <laughs> run up on him. So I let him go. And I yeah. just felt at his age and his career, he should have gave a longer show. Ain't no way, no matter where he came from, yeah. ain't no way I'm coming there just to sing three songs, half a song, and then yeah. leave. I'd have gave people a performance. Why? Because yeah. of word of mouth. Why? Because somebody else will book you. Why? Yeah. Because it keeps money in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, a lot of think, people don't like, do that. Yeah, they don't get it, yo. Yeah. Go if you're gonna book yourself at the Golden Nugget, come in that motherfucker and put on a show of a lifetime. For real. For real. That, so you keep your fans. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's true. See you tonight. True. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the TK Kirkland Podcast, December twenty second, twenty third, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Just follow me on my Instagram. I will be posting them shows. Then New Year's Eve. Catch me for five, six shows in um, Atlanta, Georgia, at the Uptown Comedy Corner. And then right. catch me in Los Angeles, Martin Luther King Weekend, at the Ice House. By that time, we will be announcing my 41-city tour with Live Nation. There's no way you're going to mm. miss it. The publicity on this Ooh. motherfucker is going to be insane. And the right. show, the tour is called Catch Me If You Can. This is the T.K. Kirkman Podcast. I'll see you tonight, fam. All right, T.K. All right, everybody else around the world, from from Ghana to Brazil to Japan to Compton, California, to my hometown, Jersey City, New Jersey, I appreciate you, and may your pain be champagne. So. Come spend the night with me. I'll take you to ecstasy. Men, let's face it. As we get older, our bodies change. The largest percentage of men over the age of 40 suffer from some type of erectile dysfunction. ED. Guys, don't let Ed creep into your bed. Discover Bedroom Therapy by TK Kirkland. Not just a bunch of pills to take, but a natural way to regain stamina and put the spark back in your love life. Bedroom Therapy by TK Kirkland. Now at Bedroom Therapy by TK Kirkland. And yes, ladies, we thought of you too. We offer the Honey Pack, a safe, natural way for you to decrease hot flashes and increase your libido. Bedroom Therapy by TK Kirkland. At Bedroom Therapy by tkkirkland.com log on today for special offers and discounts that's bedroom therapy by tkkirkland.com bedroom therapy by tkkirkland.com bedroom therapy made for him thinking of her make sure you follow tk kirkland on instagram at tk underscore kirkland for more information about upcoming events and more visit www.officialtkkirkland.com This episode of the T.K. Kirkland Show was produced by Chris Thomas, executively produced by Charlemagne the God. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.